What's good, everybody? This is your host of Keep It Real 365, Jordan Turner. Welcome to your Monday Night Raw review and analysis for Monday, August 2nd, 2021. Enjoy the podcast. To keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. How is everybody doing? This is your Monday Night Raw review slash analysis. Where do I begin? Do I keep it real? Do I fake it? In terms of my opinion on tonight's episode of Raw, what do I do? You know, man, I'm starting to really rethink my planning to review Raw. I'm not playing around. I thought tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw was very, very boring. In my opinion, of course. Monday Night Raw is just not a good program. Nothing's really exciting about Monday Night Raw. And we're going to go over it. I'm going to go in depth. And that's just what I'm going to do, man. Period. But before I get to my review and analysis of tonight's program tonight for Monday Night Raw, I want to take a couple of minutes, if you guys really don't mind, I want to give you guys some updates and some ideas that I am going to be bringing forth to the table coming pretty soon for Keep It Real 365 on YouTube. Now, as you guys know, if you guys follow me on social media, which I you guys should really do, I would really appreciate it. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Keep It Real 365 Dash. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. And make sure you guys go follow and subscribe to Keep It Real 365 on all available podcast platforms. Because here's the truth. Over the past couple episodes that I've been doing. I haven't been really gaining a lot of plays per episode. Now, I don't know if that's something that I'm doing or you guys are just sick of the reviews. You guys don't like my voice. Just a lot of things are going in my mind. Am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Am I getting under people's skin with my uh, views and opinions? Am I, a bit, am I being a little bit too cocky? When I call myself the creative king, I explain myself and why I call myself that. I'll repeat it again. I call myself the creative king because I feel like I am personally one of the best when it comes to coming up with great creative you know, ideas in terms of a character or a storyline or how to you know, pretty much come up with a match and how to plan a match and what I would do to make the match better or make this character better. Or story arc better. I just feel like I am really good. From a creative standpoint. And that I'm not afraid to say it. That might come off a little bit too cocky for people. I apologize. But I'm not going to stop doing that. Because we all have. You know arrogance about ourselves. We all have that cocky nature about ourselves. It's okay to flaunt it. 
but it's not okay to, you know, come off as narcissists and everything like that. And I'm trying not to do that. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm here to do. I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm not trying to be arrogant and a prick. It's not what I'm about. But I am confident in my ability to be creative. That's just what I am, man. So that's, you know, I'm just a wrestling fan that is very vocal about pro wrestling. I'm very honest about professional wrestling and what I watch on a weekly basis. Some people might think differently. You know, maybe we watch from a different mentality, from a different point of view. Yeah, I am a, you know, analyst person. I analyze what I'm watching. You know, a lot of people in the community do that as well. A lot of your popular podcasters out there, we review, we analyze what we're watching. And that's what I'm about. I love it. I love doing this. This is a great hobby for me. And I'm hoping to make it big this year for the YouTube channel, for the podcast, for the brand of Keep It Real 365. And I hope you guys really stay with me on this journey. And the YouTube channel is coming very soon. It's in development. I can't wait to show you guys. So I wanted to get that out the way. I also wanted to say a couple things about the podcast on YouTube. Now, it's coming soon. I can't wait. I have some ideas that I'm going to bring forth. I just want to say it to you guys real quick. Before we get on to (laughs) this boring episode of Monday Night Raw. I am going to be bringing a lot of things to the table for the YouTube channel. I'm going to kind of bring a hip-hop type attitude to the podcast, you know, to the YouTube channel for the reviews of Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, and I might bring in some Impact Wrestling as well. Those reviews and analysis are not going to be long. I'm going to give you guys the positives and what I thought about the shows and the negatives about the shows. That's it. I am not going to go an hour. I'm not going to go 50 minutes. I might not even go 30 minutes. I am going to try to cut it down as short as possible so you guys can move on and I can move on as well. I'm not going to really go over the top and overanalyze every single aspect of these shows. I'm just going to give it to you straight while also keeping it real. I'm going to give you guys the good and the bad of every show. That's it. And then I'm going to give you guys an overall grade on what I overly thought of each program. So keep an eye on that. Also keep an eye on fantasy booking. I'm going to be bringing in a series called Fantasy Booking, where I fantasize a storyline or, you know, a character or et cetera, mainly storyline arcs and what I'm seeing on TV and how I would do it. So that's going to be added to the series as well. And of course, we got pro wrestling topics covering the hottest topics in the world of professional wrestling. Now, those are going to mainly go over an hour or so, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, Because there's just a lot of great topics and I want to really go in depth, you know, giving my view and opinion on not only the article, but maybe come up with an idea or pitching something 
on how I would do this and that in terms of what I'm seeing from a character and um, storyline arc that's being in the news and talk about it. So that's going to be very fun. I can't wait to bring that to you guys. Like I said, I got a lot of creativity that I'm going to be bringing forth to keep it real 365 on YouTube. Please go and subscribe to keep it real 365. Type in JT Productions. My account pops up. Press that subscribe button. I know there's no videos out, but there will be on a consistent basis, and I cannot wait to bring it to you guys. We're going to be different. We're going to be different, man. We're going to be creative. Nobody is more creative than me, Jordan Turner. That's a fact. So stay tuned to that, you guys. You guys got all that to be looking forward to on Keep It Real 365. Make sure you guys go follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Keep It Real 365 Dash. It would really mean a lot if you guys do that for me. Linktree.com slash Jordan Turner is an easy link for you guys to get all of everything of me, my social media, and my upcoming YouTube channel, including my podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. You guys do what you will with that. All I can hope is you guys give me an opportunity to, you know, come up here, be a fan, pitch you guys ideas, analyze and review the shows. Stick with me, man. There's a lot coming. Trust me. Now, we got all that out the way. Monday Night Raw. Man. Monday Night Raw, y'all, is in the books. It's a wrap for your boy. I thought this show sucked. I'm sorry. I really am. And I want to make a disclaimer. I don't want to be someone that is just negative just for the sake of being negative. And that's all he's about. And that's all his show is about. It's not what I do, man. I really am not all about the negativity. But here's the reality that you guys need to understand. When the show's not good, I'm going to voice my displeasure. If the show's good, you're going to hear it from me. When it's not good, you're going to hear it from me. I don't bullshit around. I don't dance around the topic. I don't dance around the answer. I give it to you guys the way you guys deserve it. It's someone being real, someone being authentic, someone being creative. That's what I'm about. So we're going to run through. We're going to run through this Monday Night Raw review and analysis. Let's get right into this thing, man. We kicked off Monday Night Raw live from Chi-Town. What's good, family? So we kicked off Monday Night Raw with the promo. Featuring the WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. MVP starts off and says, I know everybody is excited to see Bill Goldberg. The fans immediately started booing, like I did. Every time I see Bill Goldberg, fuck Bill Goldberg. I am always going to remember The match he had with the fiend, Bray Wyatt, in Saudi Arabia. 
That's when the fiend died. That's when Bray Wyatt died. We heard a lot of chants tonight of Bray Wyatt, man. Love it. WWE, you might not think you made a big mistake. Oh, trust me. You made a big, colossal mistake. Bullshit. Fuck you, management. You're a piece of shit. For releasing Bray Wyatt due to budget cuts? Over the past couple days, I was watching some great Bray Wyatt matches and moments. And every time I watched him on my television, I was sad. That man didn't deserve to be released and get fired. That's bullshit. I'm not with it. So the crowd booed Bill Goldberg. MVP calls Bill Goldberg an icon and legend. He says he still has what it takes to perform. MVP calls Bobby Lashley an unstoppable force. The fans in Chicago then started chanting, Goldberg. Chi-Town, I don't know what y'all were doing. Voice your opinion all you want, man. It's all good. You guys were chanting Bill Goldberg. I, at home, was chanting, fuck Bill Goldberg. Now, don't get it twisted. I understand Bill Goldberg's an icon. I understand he's a fan favorite. He's a legend in this business. I totally get it. The problem is, he killed a potential legendary character for generations to come in The Fiend. That's my problem. You see, Bill Goldberg could have been smart. He could have been a leader. I don't need to beat Bray Wyatt. What am I going to get out of it by beating Bray Wyatt? That's right, Bill Goldberg. You're not going to get nothing, man. But Bray Wyatt beating you, he's going to get everything. Everything. They didn't do that. So, MVP continued and says, Bill, do you want to be remembered as a champion? Or do you want to be remembered as a casualty? Bill Goldberg's music hit as he came out with Chicago chanting Goldberg once again. Bill Goldberg says, I quote, let's get something straight. What you need to be worried about is losing your WWE championship. You look scared. You're a gladiator. Fans start chanting Goldberg once again as he continues with the promo. He says, you question yourself as a high-level athlete. You question yourself as a gladiator. Suddenly, MVP verbally disrespected Cage. That was Bill Goldberg's son. Bill Goldberg comes back out from the uh, entrance ramp and nails a spear to MVP as MVP was pretty much talking to Goldberg's son. Goldberg. He was just talking to your son, man. Now, was he being disrespectful? I don't think he was being disrespectful. He was just talking to your son. You didn't need a spear MVP like that. It is what it is. We kind of knew this was going to happen. It was made official a couple of minutes afterwards. Bill Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. This needs to be the opening match at SummerSlam. Get it out of the way. Good or bad. Goldberg. 
Hmm. You don't need to win this match. This does nothing for you at all. You need to lose. And if you do lose, it's going to really even piss me off even more. You had Drew McIntyre beat you. You might have Bobby Lashley beat you. But you cannot have Bray Wyatt beat you. I don't get it. It is what it is, man. So, Bill Goldberg then says, before the segment actually ended, he says, you mess with my son, you're a dead man. Ooh, Goldberg. It is what it is, man. The fans pop for Goldberg. That's cool. I didn't. The opening match of Monday Night Raw tonight was Drew McIntyre going one-on-one, or excuse me, in a two-on-one handicap match. Veer and Shanky with Jinder Mahal. This match was boring. This match ended in a disqualification due to Jinder Mahal grabbing a steel chair and then going into the ring and hitting Drew with that chair that he brought into the ring. Post-match, Veer and Shaky plus Jinder Mahal have, all have chairs and attempted to hit McIntyre with them. But McIntyre then grabbed his sword to equal out the odds. All three of those men left the ring in fear. I'm going to ask you guys an honest question. I'm just sitting here. I'm in my office. I'm on my chair. I have my notes that I wrote in my... I have my notes here. And uh, I'm reviewing what I saw tonight on Monday Night Raw. Going over every single aspect that happened tonight. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you guys care about Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam? I know I don't. I don't. And I'm going to let y'all know that. Now I get it. Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal got a history. Check this out. I don't care. You feel me? I don't care. You might care. I don't care. It is what it is. There's nothing really else to this. Drew McIntyre, all his momentum, in my opinion, has squandered. He doesn't feel special. He feels like a generic dude on Raw. I'll talk about generic when I talk about what happened with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. Oh, I got a lot to say with that. Stay tuned. We went match after match after match tonight on Raw. So the next match. Now, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I thought Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax was actually a decent match. It really was. So Rhea Ripley ultimately defeated Nia Jax via a roll-up pin. Rhea Ripley took advantage as Nia Jax. This was towards the end of the match, guys. Rhea Ripley took advantage as Nia Jax was talking to Shayna Baszler. The aftermath shows Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax arguing with each other. Shayna Baszler then leaves as Rhea Ripley comes in post-match into the ring, and she connects with her riptide on Nia Jax. So you are struggling to do it during the match. You pin Nia Jax via a roll-up pin. And then you're able to hit the Riptide post-match. How does that make any sense 
Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. But I will say this. Ray Ripley, Nia Jax has some decent chemistry. The match was pretty decent for what it was. But this is bugging me. I don't want to be that dude. But I'm going to be that dude. Because I'm going to bring this up. Bray Wyatt got released. But Nia Jax is still in the company. Let that sink in. Nia Jax has hurt plenty of co-workers of hers. But Bray Wyatt is released. I don't know. Favoritism? Yeah. Favoritism. Let's move on. Match number three. Mace and T-Bar versus Mustafa Ali and... Morse. So Mason T-Bar, this match was decent for the time it was given. I think the tag team division has potential. What have I and others in the IWC have been saying for a while? We've all collectively as a community have stated that we need the tag team division to merge together as a one. And so the tag team division will feel important. It would give reason for these tag team matches to take place. And there will be multiple tag team in the division. Nah, we're not going to do that. The fuck am I talking about? That's fake, right? It's imaginary. It's not going to happen. It can. It's just that management is not invested in tag team wrestling. That is the God's honest truth. Period. So Mason T-Bar ultimately defeated Mustafa Ali and Mazor via a spinning jump kick from T-Bar to um, Mazor. What else do I have to say? Nothing here. WWE has failed Mustafa Ali. Him with Mansoor is pretty exciting. They look like they work well together. That can be an underdog babyface tag team. In the tag team division. Doing some things. They're not going to do nothing. Mason T-Bar. They have something. They're not going to do nothing. Because they don't care about the tag team division. That is just a God's honest truth. Next up we've seen a promo. With Charlotte Flair. She comes down to the ring to address the fans in Chicago. Corey Graves before she was able to talk. He says something very funny. Here's what a champion looks like. Okay, so what does that say about Bianca, who is a champion? She doesn't look like a champion. (laughs) Corey Graves, come on, man. I know you love Charlotte Flair. In your eyes, she's the greatest of all time. I call bullshit I don't think Charlotte Flair is the greatest of all time. If I can sit right here in my chair right now on this microphone and name at least three people that I personally believe within the WWE that I think are better than Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair is not the best. Let's go down that list. I think Sasha Banks is better than Charlotte Flair. I think Io Shirai is better than Charlotte Flair. 
I think Becky Lynch is better than Charlotte Flair. I'll even say Bailey is better than Charlotte Flair. Come on. So Charlotte Flair says, I woke up a couple of days ago to discover Simone Biles. Shout out to Simone Biles, the queen. You know, mental health. I want to... She, she brought this up. But mental health is a big issue, you guys. If you guys all are struggling with mental health, please ask for help. You know, I battle through some mental things as well. We all do. It's just up to the individual. Are we going to ask for help? Or are we all going to hold it in? Please ask for help. Now, like I said, Charlotte Flair brought this up as she says to discover Simone Biles was battling mental health issues. Then fans, out of nowhere, kind of in a disrespectful manner, they couldn't give a fuck. They started chanting Becky Lynch. Charlotte, listen, sweetheart. You can get mad all you want. You looked mad. You looked irritated. Becky Lynch chants. Why are they chanting Becky Lynch during my promo? Well, number one, they miss Becky Lynch. I miss Becky Lynch. Number two, they don't care for you. They don't. Now, was that disrespectful mentioning another wrestler during, you know, her cutting a promo? Yeah, it is. It is disrespectful. But let's not act like it's true. Becky Lynch is a draw. Charlotte Flair right now in this reincarnation of Charlotte Flair is not a draw. I actually feel bad for Charlotte Flair in the way that WWE over pushes Charlotte Flair. And the reason why we dislike Charlotte Flair is because of the way she's presented on television. And the commentary doesn't help. Corey Graves calling her the greatest of all time. The queen. You can call her the queen. That's fine. But labeling her the greatest of all time? (laughs) Come on, man. That's not true. You know it and I know it. That's not true. Like I said, I just named a couple of women that I think are better than Charlotte Flair. So how does that make Charlotte Flair the greatest if I just named at least three women off the top of the head that I think are better than Charlotte Flair? Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Io Shirai. Don't at me. They're all better than Charlotte Flair. Simple. You might disagree, and that's okay. We can have disagreements. That's cool. We all have different opinions. But that's where I'm coming from. So after she mentioned Simone Biles and the fans chanting for Charlotte Flair, or excuse me, Becky Lynch. Yeah, right. Charlotte Flair wishes. She says, hi, fans. I'm going somewhere with this. As, like I said, they were disrespecting her. So she says, listen to me. 11-time women's champion. I am the most decorated women's champion in the history of this business. (laughs) Oh, my God. Charlotte. No, you're not, sweetheart. Eleven times. Congratulations. How many times did you lose the championship? Oh, yeah, that's right. Eleven times. You see, for me, I would rather be a four or five time world champion, but hold that title for at least two years, 
a year and a half, one year. Because when I lose, it's going to feel important. I would never want to be an 11-time world champion and have a reign for one day or a month or two weeks. Come on, man. How does that make you the greatest? That doesn't make you the greatest, sweetheart. I'm sorry. I would rather have less title reigns or less title, yeah, wins, and then have long reigns with the titles. That's what I was trying to say. Like I said, I would rather be a four-time, five-time world champion and have the reigns last a year and a half, two years, three years even, a year and a half, 11 months. It's just my opinion. Y'all might think differently, and that's cool. So Charlotte Flair continued as she says, the only way for you all to be successful, she was talking about the women's division, is for you to cash in on me. Charlotte Flair states all that thing, and she mentions Nikki Cross and disrespects Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross comes out, and the fans are supporting in Nikki Cross. It's great. I couldn't care about Nikki Cross's character. I think her character sucks. I'm going to bring this up. Backstage, I think this was before the segment with Charlotte Flair. Oh, my God. This was crazy. So, we're backstage, and Nikki Cross was running up and down. And you heard effects in the background. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. You heard that in the background. Bruh. That's trash. <laughs> That's trash. That's not cool. It's lame. This promo was pointless. This did nothing for me. I am not excited for the Raw Women's Championship. It's just my thoughts. Match number four, Doe Drop. <laughs> oh, man. Just call her Piper Neven, please. Versus Tamina. Guess who won this, guys? Guess who won this, ladies and gentlemen? I forgot my queens out there. Shout out to my queens. I would really appreciate it if I get a bigger, you know, fan base support from the female demographic. It'd be cool. I'd appreciate that, queens. But Tamina defeated Doe Drop via a Samoan drop. Doe Drop. Samoan drop. Lame. I couldn't care. I don't know what they're doing with Doe Drop and Eva Marie. Man, if Eva Marie could wrestle, y'all. If she could legitimately wrestle. Oh, my goodness. All hell would break loose. That woman would be champion immediately out of the gate. I'm just saying. So nothing really to talk about there. Match number five. We've seen Damian Priest went one-on-one with John Morrison. This did nothing for me. It was decent for what it was. But at the end of the day, I really couldn't care. So, Damian Priest ultimately defeated John Morrison via one single-handed sit-down powerbomb. Post-match, we've seen Sheamus come out and attack Damian Priest via the help of John Morrison. Ricochet then comes out of nowhere, superhero style, as he came in to assist Damian Priest. 
as we get a impromptu match featuring Damian Priest and Ricochet versus Sheamus and John Morrison. This is match number six. This did nothing for me as well. Damian Priest and Ricochet defeated John Morrison and Sheamus via Damian Priest landing a reckoning on John Morrison. That's it, guys. I, I just, just not interesting. It's not. What's going on with Damian Priest? What's going on with Ricochet? I'm surprised Ricochet has not been released. I'm so surprised. But what's going on with Damian Priest? The Miz really killed Damian Priest's momentum. I'm not blaming the Miz. I'm not blaming John Morrison. I'm blaming Vince. I'm not even blaming the creative because they probably had great ideas for Damian Priest. Vince just doesn't give a damn. Now, I will say Damian Priest has been, you know, he's been winning some matches. He's been cutting some decent promos, even though the material sucks. They got to do better on promos, man. This is ridiculous. But Damian Priest is a future piece of, you know, the raw, you know, high division. So is Ricochet, man. Them two going for the United States Championship. I would love to see Damian Priest and Ricochet and Sheamus in a triple threat match at SummerSlam for the United States Championship. WWE, go fuck yourself. You gave away Damian Priest versus Sheamus. That was supposed to be saved for SummerSlam. Now I don't give a fuck to see it. Always giving matches away for free. That should be on pay-per-view. I don't get it. Match number seven. I like this and then I didn't like it. Omos went one-on-one with Matt Riddle. Bro. So Omos defeated Matt Riddle via a skyscraper slam from the heavens. That was pretty impressive by Omos. The match with Matt Riddle was pretty decent for what it was for the time slot it get. Omos. You know, he's a big man, big dude, big, impressive guy. People might not be a fan of him. It is what it is. Vince is, and that's just the bottom line. Matt Riddle. Where's Randy Orton? Randy Orton's got to come back. I miss Randy Orton. I miss that tag team. We're building towards Matt Riddle and Randy Orton versus Omos and AJ Styles for SummerSlam for the Raw Tag Team Championships. That's got to be the match. Simple. And you need to give those championships to Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. And then you have that tag team versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You build up for Survivor Series. And you have a merging world title match. And you merge both divisions. You have one champion in the tag team division. Book it, Vince McMahon, please. The tag team division is awful. You need to merge the divisions. I'm going to keep saying it. Match number eight. Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee 2. Rematch. Rematch. WWE loves the word rematch. They salivate over the word rematch. And then I'm saying, we got to get it again. Yep, we got to get it again. It is what it is. So Karrion Cross went one-on-one with Keith Lee. Oh, God, was this match so fucking boring. 
This felt like a big man's match. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. This was... Listen, I love Keith Lee. I love Karen Cross. Where's Scarlett? Are they doing this on purpose to have Karen Cross lose, lose, and lose? I tweeted this out on Twitter during the show. I said, well, it looks like they're having Karen Cross lose and lose and lose. And the only way for him to bounce back from a warrior standpoint is for Scarlett Bordeaux to come in and pretty much rescue Karen Cross from obscurity. I think that's what's going on. That was actually being rumored a couple of days ago featuring Karen Cross. So if that's the plan, I'm for it. It is what it is. Karen Cross again lost. The mystique of Karen Cross, in my opinion, is gone. Even with Scarlett, gone. You don't have this man lose. Why'd you book this match? Both men couldn't lose. But one of them has to because you're doing 50 50 booking. You might as well save this match for SummerSlam. Keith Lee, Karen Cross, a pretty good undercard match, but you're probably going to do Jeff Hardy versus Karen Cross at SummerSlam. It is what it is. I'm fine with that, but. I don't know, man. Keith Lee won. That's great. Are we going to build momentum for Keith Lee? That's the question. Highly unlikely. So, it is what it is with that match. That's my opinion. Now, we've seen something with Alexa Bliss. You got to get you got get Alexa Bliss Away from this Lily bullshit. Get it away. Number one, I'm over it. Okay? She just... Alexa Bliss is fantastic. I like Alexa Bliss. I've actually always liked Alexa Bliss. But this Lily shit is giving me Bray Wyatt fiend vibes. And I'm getting pissed. I don't like it. I'm getting pissed and sad at the same time. Get rid of it. Okay? We know what you did. Management, you're a bunch of bitches. You gave Alexa Bliss the Fiend character. That's fucked up. That character was Bray Wyatt's. You said, nah, we're going to give it to Alexa Bliss. That's not cool, man. That's not cool at all. Maybe Alexa Bliss. I tweeted this out on Twitter tonight. Maybe this can be a way for Alexa Bliss to gain big popularity from the fan base on behalf of the fiend Bray Wyatt. I could definitely see that happening. I really could. And you know what? I would be down for that. The fans popped heavy when Lily, who was on the floor, and she rose up. The fans popped. They could take that. And make Alexa Bliss into a big time baby face. We'll see what happens, man. I don't want to shit on it. You know, I, I want to shit on it, but then again, I don't. You know, I want to see where they go from there. But in terms of Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, in my opinion, you got to get rid of it. Because it's giving me Bray Wyatt Fiend vibes, and it's incredibly frustrating. It is what it is. My, that's my opinion. Match number nine. Akira Tozawa went one-on-one with Reginald for the 24-7 championship. I'm going to move on to match number 10. Because I couldn't give a fuck 
Match number 10. This was the main event. Charlotte Flair with one-on-one with Nikki Cross. Nikki Ash. Nikki Superhero. This was for the Raw Women's Championship in a Falls Count Anywhere. This was actually a decent women's championship match. It's not the greatest, but it was decent for what it was in the time it was given. We've seen table spots, and it was all over the place. Like I said, pretty decent. At the end of the day, Nikki Cross defeated Charlotte Flair via a swinging neckbreaker from the middle rope as she retains her Raw Women's Championship. That's literally it, and then they went off the air. That's your Monday Night Raw review, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed my reviewings and analysis on what I thought was a boring show of Monday Night Raw tonight. The grade I will be giving Monday Night Raw tonight is a D minus. Show's just not good, ladies and gentlemen. That's just my opinion. Like I said, you guys might think differently, and that's cool. I just don't think the show's good. I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from. That's pretty much it. That's a wrap for the podcast on Keep It Real 365 with the creative king. I'll see y'all tomorrow for NXT. Let's see what NXT comes up, man. The big rumor, Adam Cole, baby. We're going to talk about it tomorrow on NXT. Is he on his way out of the WWE? If Triple H has something to say about it, he's going to beg and plead for Adam Cole to stay. We'll see what happens. I'll be talking about that tomorrow. I'll catch y'all next time. Take care.